Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another segment of Cancel Culture, the pop culture magazine. And right now, I'm the legendary Wid, and I am about to introduce, direct from Cancel Culture headquarters, the one, the only, John Cancel. What? Hey, Wid. What, what's going on, John? Don't you got nobody? Cancel culture, puppets, props, puns, podcasts. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so, so. Oh, hey everybody, and welcome back to another session of cancel culture, ladies and gentlemen. I am proud to introduce our host, our founding father. Yes, the man who puts pop in pop culture. Let's all have a nice hand, John Kensel. All right. Hey, nice everybody. to appear. I magically appeared. Thank you very much. Uh, the legendary Wid right there. He's the man. Uh, uh, we're doing our Christmas uh, episode right now because uh, it's the 25th. Uh, who else was born on the 25th? Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. I was just reading about Humphrey Bogart as a urban legend. Now, a lot of people say that he was the model for the baby on the Gerber baby food, okay? But that's not true. He was 29 when that came out. His mother was an illustrator, though. I did not know that. His mother was, uh, Humphrey Bogart's mother was an illustrator, and she had put him on a different brand of baby food. But Humphrey Bogart's day, uh, you know, the 25th. Well, something else about him, too? Something else about him? Uh, he wore a toupee his entire Hollywood career. And he had an affair with, with the woman who, who put that, uh, who was her ha hairdresser or his uh, Wig maker. Toupee, toupee wrangler. We call it oh. a toupee wrangler because he would take these, uh, he would take these, uh, a drug for potency, but, you know, but, like. Uh, to, well, you know, you know it's what you, I, I read that too. And I love, I love how people have an, an affliction that could hit anybody, like baldness or anything, anything like that. Well, of course you have to have a, have a noble reason of why he wears a wig. Yeah. And his was, uh, he went to a fertility doctor. A and he fertility took, doctor, He yeah. took injections of uh, hormones, and it made all his hair fall out, which I don't, it just fell out. He was bald since he started. Uh, so did uh, Bing Crosby. And, uh, and the one that uh, I, Sean Connery, yes. uh, during his whole career, I thought in the beginning maybe that was his hair, but, right. uh, you know. He had the he had the devil to pay. Yes, this is true. Um, but my dad, yes, uh, my dad's father was on the same ship, the Leviathan, uh, as Humphrey Bogart. Oh, really? Where they say that he got his scar, his scar, or he's talking like this from a cable that snapped aboard ship and boom, hit him in the face. Oh. They that's have, where he got his thing. But maybe that's a noble sort of an excuse, too. It, it always made me laugh, too, when you watch these old movies. Uh, you know, I know people have a hard time because it's black and white. Uh -huh. Humphrey Gokart was about five foot four. Humphrey Gokart. Right. Uh, James Cagney, you know, was square head like that. They're all little guys. They're all short. Nobody was a big guy. Uh, but, uh, but I was just very interested. There's a great picture of Humphrey Bogart from filming Casablanca where he had to wear platform shoes like this oh, yeah. big because Ingrid Bergman was uh, was taller than him or maybe even just the same oh. size. But to do that, and there's a great picture of Humphrey Bogart, and it looks like, you know, it looks like he has something terribly wrong with his feet, but it was they were just on there. There's like four-inch four inch soles and heels on these uh, Wait, things. You, uh, you have a goatee. There's a neat scene in Casablanca. Uh, they had a, a pickup shot at the end when they're saying goodbye. Like, you know, I go out. What's, he, what's the famous line he says? The right. Word, right. He says, uh, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's what he says to Claude Rains. But in the movie, if you watch it, mm -hmm. when, he, when he's saying bye to uh, the girl. 
Is it Ingmar Bergman? He says, we'll always have Paris. Yes. Well, if you watch that scene, uh, they, they had to do a pickup shot. I mean, you know, they had to film it a couple of times. Well, they couldn't go to a real airport. Uh-huh. They got a painting of a plane and had midgets, dwarves, little people, stumpy Americans, keepers of the forest. Uh, that, there's no lie. Standing behind them. If you think I'm lying, we'll, we'll put a picture up of that. It's a... It's a famous scene, but you look in the background. Go wait a minute! It looks like two, two first graders in the background, and it's supposed to be for like a distance shot. It was uh, shot in the studio. Yes, and the plane, yes, was just made out of uh, you know, was just made out of a big painting. Yes. Okay, and uh, they they hired uh, the uh, the small uh, people, the same people that were uh, hired for. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh. There was a uh, you know no a one, dwarf wrangler out there who was w- famous for that. One of my favorite scenes in I think it's the Naked Gun Two. Uh, Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, and Lisa. Uh, Very funny. Mar- Marie Presley. What's her name? Lisa Marie. Yeah, no. What's her name? Priscilla Presley. Okay. Uh, they go into a a, 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 a a restaurant bar cafe just like in Casablanca. Uh-huh. And Rick's. A, Rick's, yeah. Cap, Rick's American Cafe. And there's an African-American gentleman playing the piano, just like in the first movie. And, you, you know, he's, Humphrey Bogart never, never said, play it again, Sam. No. Right? And that was Dooley Wilson playing the piano, and he really didn't play the piano. He was faking it. Oh, I never knew that. Well, in the Naked Gun movie, they walk in, and mm-hmm. he goes, uh, "Can you?" and Leslie Nielsen says, can you play our song? He goes, certainly, Frank. And he goes to play the piano, and he starts saying, ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. <laughs> and Frank Dribbing goes, no, no, the other song. <laughs> and he plays that song. It was so freaking funny. Um, but, oh, now you just mentioned something, too. You mentioned, we were talking about uh, Tiny Americans. Yeah. All right. I did a show last week with Ed McGonigal. Ed McGonigal is a very funny Irish-descended comic who happens to be a little bit on the short side. Yes, he's four foot eleven of civic fury. He's one of the. See, I said a little bit on the shorts. Oh my, he's one of my favorite favorite comedians. He writes all the time. He's very topical, very funny. But he looks like a little newsboy from the nineteen thirties. He has a little Jeff cap and glasses. He looks like Father Mulcahy from Mash in in a trash compactor, right? Um, (laughs) But um, we had to do a show last week in uh, the Villas, which is a town outside of Wildwood, New Jersey, uh, and I had to pick up Eddie for the show. Okay, Eddie's four foot eleven, um, and everybody loves him. He's, he's in great. high heels. Yes. Oh, I'm never going to say anything. All right. So we pick him up. We, our show was in New Jersey. We're driving from Philadelphia. Okay. I put on the Jersey talk station, the, the Jersey radio station, to hear traffic. What's the traffic report? Well, between traffic reports, it's Christmas time. People, uh, they're playing Christmas music. Ding, 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 so Eddie gets in my truck, right, and the Christmas music's on, and he said. Jesus, we got to listen to Dominic the donkey the whole way down. This Christmas music, uh, uh, I want to uh, jump out the uh, window. Uh, 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 and I go, I want to hear for the traffic reports. He goes, oh, okay, because I can't take much more of that. So we get to the show. You're a mean one, Mr. Cancel. Oh, um, yeah, I don't make the news, I just report it, right? So we go there, we get to the show, and a big hulking guy comes. To the, comes he's, running, he's the owner, owner of the place we're at. And he goes, you the comedians? I go, yeah, I'm John. Uh, and he goes, and he points to Eddie. He goes, is he on the show? I go, yeah, he's a comedian. And the guy said, you want me to get some milk crates for the stage for you? And Eddie just goes, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. Oh, oh. And, uh, I, you know, I, I guess that's a, a problem for, uh, uh, you know, people who are short. I was never short, okay? Even as a baby, I was tall, oh. okay? And, uh, but the shortest actor in Hollywood was Alan Ladd, okay? Oh, really? Alan Ladd, the father of uh, Cheryl Ladd and, uh, you know, other. But Alan Ladd, uh, they, they would, uh, you know, they would put milk crates oh, under man. him or they would dig a ditch. But... Uh, he was a, a bit of Veronica Lake. Look for Veronica oh, yeah, it's Lake. A famous she picture. used to have a hairdo like yeah, that the, that would go into your eye. These are vintage. Uh, Everybody's uh, short know, out there. Movie store. She was the, she was the shortest of them all. Oh. She was like four foot two or something um, like that. They, and uh, so they teamed them two up, the oh. two shortest people in Hollywood, and uh, oh my God, they made great pictures together. Oh my God, there's a 
Well, we know the story today. The Tom Cruise is short, but so is Robert Downey Jr. They're not really tall people. Um, but I, uh, when I saw the Rolling Stones in person, oh at, my God. Uh, they were kind of, they were at a party that we were uh, you know, performing at, and uh, they came in and they looked like puppets. They were yeah, all you know you'd think that they were giant us. people. And they were all like basically the same size, and uh, they looked like those puppets from the Fireball XL5. You know, oh, yeah, like, was, a, uh, you know, like a Team America. But it was very, uh, it was very enlightening to me to see, uh, you know. And I've oh. seen, you know, a lot of yeah. celebrities, but when you saw the whole group together, and they're all like the oh. same size, it was scary. I'll tell you what, though, too. Um, I, I, I want to go back to Eddie. I, I, I was not. I think he's a terrific comedian. He writes all the time, very topical. We, and uh, when I, I saw him at a, sh we went to a show together, do like a showcase night, mm -hmm. and I was watching some younger people, and they're very funny, and I have a hearty laugh. And I really mean the laugh. And I, if someone says something makes me laugh, I'll I walk heartily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, right? Yeah. Well, before Eddie had to go up, he comes over to me and goes, "Hey, John, do me a favor. Don't laugh my jokes. It's distracting." And it made me feel bad because it was a real laugh. It wasn't like a fake, uh, uh, right? And uh, I hear you laugh sometimes when I'm up there. Not I, too much, though, John. No, but I mean you know, it. Oh, give, yeah. give me the ones that you were supposed to give to uh, uh, right. Ed. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So on the way home, Eddie goes, uh, he's in my truck. And, I, he, and he goes, John, do me a favor. Pull over. I got to pee really bad. All right. I go, I'll right, find a place. I've so been we, there. We pulled over to a, a closed-down U-Haul place. And he housed it on my truck, and it looked like a Chucky doll running through a hayfield. And he goes, oh, man, my teeth were swimming. I got a bladder like a hamster. <laughs> but he's very funny. Um, but oh, back to Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, okay? Oh, Christmas. I have a little... This is what they gave me for last Christmas. What, what is that? It's a broken drum. Oh, man. Hey, you can't beat it. <laughs> May we have <laughs> For Christmas, no. And then, and then they gave me this, John. I got this last Christmas also. I guess you oh, can't, yeah, you you can't see it. Look, you can't see it if you hold it in front of you. He had, he had a green thing Aborigines used it. Celebrating Christmas. Here's one of my favorite uh, Christmas musics right over here. We all love Christmas music. Could you hold that oh, up, yes. Dominic? There you go. Okay. Yeah, there's right here, there's Aretha Franklin. Okay, <laughs> right there. And if we had a beer, it'd be Buddy Holly. Yeah, okay. He's he making, making the big bucks. Uh, That's. That's well, you know, he has a giant wallet for that. Um, yeah. That, uh, oh man. Yeah, that's, that's, you can't say that's, what you want to say. What's that? He's he, he, effing goofy. I wasn't going to say that, John. <laughs> I, I would have a, an affair with uh, Ariel or one of the other princesses, but not with Goofy. Yes. Uh, Here for Christmas. What's this? <laughs> this is Felice Navidad. Fleece. Fleece. Oh, sheep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, bah, humbug. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Um, now, come on. It's my Christmas. <laughs> um, Look, it's like a partridge in the pear tree. Yes. All right? I, uh... What do you call it? Um, uh, but Christmas is coming up? Can yeah, I, Christmas right. is coming up. Can I tell you my Christmas story? Yeah, that's why I have this. This is, this is actually for Santa. I'm trying to get on Santa's good side. So I'm figuring with all the little cookies he's got, a big cookie like this, I mean, he's got to leave me at least an Xbox. Ed McGonagall made that in his treehouse. Um, uh, on Christmas years ago, my friend Al, the milkman, Silverian actor. Uh-huh. One time, there was this girl who hung at the bar. Right. And she's very nice, but she looked like an R.C. Cole machine with a fright wig. And she invited us over to her. Oh, wait, wait. Back that up. An R.C. Cole machine with a fright wig. She okay. was like a jukebox with a Dolly Parton wig on tape to the roof of it. <laughs> Here she, we go again. She did look, look like a mailbox with, that could, came to life. And she invited us back to her house, her apartment. And she lived in the basement apartment of a 
three-story apartment house. She was in the basement. Like, you look out her window, it was like Laverne Shirley. You could see the street right there. Well, I lived in the basement of a, an insane asylum. Really? Oh, hey, they were all crazy over me. Did you work there? Yes, I, I was a cook at the, at the insane asylum. You were a cook at the insane asylum. Yeah, I used to serve soup to nuts. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I was Tom Jones. Is that strange? It's not unusual. So we were at the bar drinking with this girl, right? And she looked like she swallowed a life raft and they pulled the cord. And uh, <laughs> she had invited us back to her place. So we go there and we're drinking. And it, it was a dumpy little apartment with a cat with three legs and stuff. Just a mess. And we're, we're bombed, right? So we, we leave. It's Christmas Eve. There's snow on the ground. Oh, beautiful. Um, I'm walking down the hallway of the apartment house and I accidentally grabbed the fire extinguisher off the wall. Okay. And uh, we're out in the park, and we start spraying one of those red fire extinguishers and seeing the white smoke come out. And we're laughing and laughing, <laughs> right? We go over to her basement window, and uh, she has an air conditioner built into the wall. Okay. You know, you know the box in the window right there. And uh, I knock on it, right? And I think it's, I knock on it, right? And I put the fire extinguisher against the grill outside, and what were you thinking, John? I, <laughs> I emptied the entire red canister, right? And we're just laughing, and we get the, we get the fire extinguisher, and we throw it in the, in the dumpster, and we we're all drunk, and we go home. The next day, I get a phone call from my friend Al, the Milkman Civil War main actor. Yes, we love Al. And he goes, "Man, we're in trouble." I go, "Why? What happened?" He goes, "The girl's house we went to. She just called me. She thought it was fire." Come, you know, coming through her fire extinguisher. Oh, like, my goodness. Her, 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 I mean, her air conditioning vent. And she goes, all this white powder came into her, into her apartment and wrecked everything. And she knocked over her Christmas tree and stomped on all her presents because she thought they were on fire. She thought the, the white powder was fire. And she stomped. Sure, and, it looks like smoke, John. And she stomped and broke all her presents and flattened them all out. And, I, and he goes, yeah. And, she, and then she said, the landlady's going to throw her out because we unless we get that fire extinguisher recharged. So we go to the thing, we get the fire extinguisher out of the dumpster, we tried to find a place on Christmas Day that recharges fire extinguishers, and we couldn't, right? Nobody's open, like, you know, there's not a 24 no, hour, right? So, right? So we finally found someplace the next day and brought it back, and she was crying, saying she was going to get thrown out. Then we find out she didn't pay her rent in eight months. That's why she's getting thrown out, not for the fire extinguisher incident. Why were you picking on this woman? So... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Did you know her? No, she looked like a pinball machine with a ham hock ooh, in its mouth, ooh, right? Ooh, ooh, and then ooh. years ago, uh, there's a movie called... Thank God they don't let you drive when oh you're my, like oh that. Oh, my God. There's a movie called uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. This is a Marvel movie, right? Yeah. I go see the movie in three and I in th IMAX, right, 3D, whatever. It's very fun. As I'm leaving, I hear, Hey, John, how you doing over there? And it was her. She had, no, she had like one tooth in her mouth. I thought she was playing a harmonica. All right, it was all. Oh, that would have hurt her feelings. Oh, oh man, I did. You know what you know, it looked like? A little kid who had a mouthful of uh, Fritos. It was like, wow, look at me. Uh, and it was her. I go, hey, how you doing there? And she goes, ah, not too good. But I, I, that's the last time I saw her. And I, well, since she got out, kicked out because you then destroyed all her Christmas presents. Did she know it was you and she didn't scratch her eyes out? No, no, no. Well, you know, I think we apparently made up with her or something like that, too. And then, uh, but I, I, t I also tell this story, and this is a true story. When we, we were, I'm one of seven children in a row. Um, we went to get our picture taken with Santa Claus. And it, you hear me say this before. It was at a German club in, in Philadelphia called uh -oh. uh, Konstadters. And my mom would take us there because it was like, and she knew the photographer. And there were seven of us. So until I was like a teenager, I got my picture taken with Santa Claus. And it was stupid because it wasn't Santa Claus that we know with a Red outfit. It was Chris Kringle, uh, St. Nicholas, the German Santa Claus. Well, I've been Nicholas many times, John. This but, right. uh, you know, St. Nicholas, yes. Oh. He's, but there's I, actually a, a, a church down in uh, Atlantic City. Oh, Saint yeah, Nicholas. definitely. And, there's, and he was a German saint, I guess, right? Okay. But this guy was their version of Santa Claus. And it was, uh, it was, uh, it was weird because, you know, with Santa Claus, you see at the mall, it's like, hey, little kid, what do you want for Christmas? I want a teddy bear, right? This guy was deadly serious, and he, and he talked with a thick... He was a real German guy. Uh -oh. He was like, so, little boy, what do you desire for Christmas? And I was like, I don't know, fire truck, a G.I. Joe. He's like, that's not practical. Let me see your pebbles. 
Dr. Jones. He would like burn you. But no. We have just, ways to make you jolly. Oh, my God. And you know how when little kids cry when they see Santa Claus, this guy would make you cry. It was evil looking. And also, too, you know what they have there, too? Um, in I talked to an Italian guy today, uh, right? I asked him if he knew of this. In, I guess, Italy's, Italy's southern Europe, right? All right. Well, the other part were like England and Yugoslavia and all Sweden and all that. There you have Santa Claus, who was a St. Nicholas. Well, if you were good, he gave you presents and chocolate and would fix your wooden shoes and circumcise you and check you for hernias, all right? <laughs> well, hey, little kids, if you're good, he kept the tips. Hey, little kids, <laughs> if you're good, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas will give you a present. Well, in weirdo European land, uh-huh. they had an opposite of St. Nicholas. Was, oh, it, yeah. It was his evil brother called the Krampus. Oh, I, 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 I know a little bit about well, that. That always freaked me out, though. I, well, you know, I don't want an ugly well, well, You know what's Santa? weird, too? What he looked like, too? Santa Claus is always in a bright red outfit and a big white beard. Oh, uh, yeah. This yeah. guy looks like he's in a brown robe with a tree, tree limbs for for hands and devil uh, ram horns out of his head. They made a couple of horror movies about it too, right? Okay. But if you were bad, he would drag you to hell for eternity. Like there's, there's no middle ground in, over in that part of Europe. He <laughs> didn't even take you to purgatory or no, anything no, like right? that? Straight so, to hell? Oh, but, oh my God, if you read about these things too, like the, the, like the book Pinocchio and the, the Grim Fairy Tales, we only have the American versions. In the European version, they're, they're drinking blood and killing people and eating. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not... What's he doing there? It's not a, it's not enjoyable. It's very weird. Um, my friend uh, Al, who I keep talking about, he has a neighbor down the end of the street who who's not religious, but he's a pagan, like a heathen. Uh huh. And uh, instead of putting up Christmas lights, he puts up a giant Krampus statue on his lawn. And he, and he has lights shining on it, so there's, there's flames coming out of his lawn. Yeah. And there's little kids burning in eternity. It says, Merry Krampus. And this year he put one up, and he's chasing a kid up a tree, trying to get them to take him to hell because he, like, cried. Those are probably goth people who are grown up. You know, they love that sort of, uh, that, that, like, anti-Santa Claus. Oh. Santa Claus was, uh, as we know, oh, yeah, uh, was uh, probably started by Sears and Coca-Cola. That's exactly you right. Know? And... Those beautiful ads of, for Coca-Cola with Santa and, uh, you know, the beautiful red and he's drinking down a beautiful Coca-Cola and he's, he's out there and he looks, he's jolly and he's, you know, he's super white and his hair is white and his cheeks are red and his, uh, you know, and everything looks so good. But that's the kind of Santa that I like. I don't, you know, I like the, the traditional Santa, not like this. What's this? Know? Not like this kind of Santa, all right? Can we see? Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know what this is right here? I have no when, idea. When, when I, that's a Red Bull without a clause. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jan. <laughs> had to do that. <laughs> oh, um, at uh, the comedy club. <laughs> I, it's spellbound right over there. At the comedy club we used to go to. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the nearest mall, in the Chamonix Mall, there was a Santa Claus there. Big, okay. Big, heavy set guy, you know, Burl Ives, you know, bald head, but a big white beard. Sure. And he used to stay at the hotel. A Coca-Cola Santa. Yes. We can say that. I think we have a plate around here someplace with the, oh, and, uh, with Santa on it. Like, but it's, but uh, we have, what do you call it? Um, he would stay at the hotel. Uh-huh. It's probably that man magazine there. Okay. Uh, uh, but he, uh, dude, that, that's, what do you have that horrible thing there? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but he would stay at the hotel, Santa Claus. Okay. Well, do you know what? Do you know what uh, nationality Santa is? No, he's North Polish. You didn't know that, John? I didn't know that. Uh, but uh, what do you call it? So Santa Claus, I seen, I seen for years, five, ten years, when he'd go to the, sh the shows, and he had an annual Christmas party for the comedians. Sure. Well, one year he comes in. He went from about 350 pounds to about uh, 125 pounds. Here he had cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to right? hear that. And uh, he still performed the same. He just put pillows under his thing. But he would sit at the bar and get drunk, and he would get a dollar bill, and he would fold it up uh, into a diamond ring. Yeah, I'd and say that. George Washington's face. I still have a couple in my drawer, but he would hit on girls, but he'd be like, oh, hey, I can't do it. Hey, honey. Uh, oh, it was not like... It was creepy. Like a little kid would be sitting on his lap, and the kid's like, 
you know, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, I don't know, no, no tobacco products, <laughs> Grandpa. But uh, uh, did you did, did you did you any encounters with Santa Claus? Did you ever play Santa Claus? I I didn't play Santa Claus, but I did play for. Uh, it was in Old City, uh, Philadelphia, at a place called the Plow and the Stars. Yes, famous okay? place. Yes, famous place. Uh, the Plow and the Stars, and it was right, uh, uh, right there. And it's an Irish bar, yes, John. You know, and maybe you went there on vacation one day. But the the Plow and the Stars, and uh, they were doing it uh, a little party in the morning. And you know how comedians hate the mornings. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was for orphan kids. Okay, it was for orphan kids. And so we were there eight in the morning or something like that. Whenever orphans get up, I don't know. And uh, it was myself. I was going to do a you know a, a little prop comedy for the kids, and, uh, and and then there was a Santa. Well, we had been there since seven o'clock, and, uh, and you know, and the Santa was drinking heavy. Okay, and the Santa was drinking heavy, and you know, because he didn't, he really didn't want to be Santa. He right. wa- you know, he wanted to be Krumpus or whatever it's a the real, guy's name. It's is. a real burden. He was not. Yeah, uh, he. He tried to be, uh, you know, he tried to be a Sears and Roebuck, but yes. it was more like a Mad Magazine sort of Santa. But uh, so I, uh, so the kids come in, you know, and they're, you know, they're they're kids from uh, very uh, urban uh, North uh, Philly yes. kids, and they're, and they're running around without, uh, you know, and supervision, yeah. and there's giant women are just yelling at them, get in that seat, so. Uh, the first thing I hear from somebody is a little kid goes, Santa smells like booze. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and they all run over to smell Santa. Okay. And they say, yeah, he does. You know, and it was like a, a great innovation or revelation for them is to find out that Santa's, uh, you know, drinking that he didn't get what? those uh, rosy cheeks from, uh, you know, oh, being from eating cookies. <laughs> so. I get up there and I have, you know, I have my regular array of props, okay? You know, all this stuff. Oh, look. Oh, that's the end of everything. Okay. But, uh, uh, okay, sorry. And so I get up there and, uh, you know, and the kids are all seated around me uh, in in a circle. And I take out my props. Well, these kids go crazy. Oh, they thought they were presents? They thought they were presents. So all these kids, they rush up, and, and I'm standing there, and it's like a beehive of little activity <laughs> at my feet because that's where my props are. It's just about to do my thing. So the kids are running off with, uh, you know, my uh, plastic cow, my, my sheep, my, uh, you know, my, uh, they're running off with everything. So they all go over in the corners, and they're looking at it, and they're saying, what kind of presence is that? One kid comes up. This little black kid, he's so cute, and he has a plunger, and he goes to me, can I get something different? <laughs> and I said, no, sorry, I'm, I'm flushed out. And no, and uh, so we were just, that, that was, I said, there's not your real presence. So they let me do my, uh, you know, so the kids, uh, you know, the big giant ladies go, give that back, you know, and they all come back and they're all like, you know, put in a different place, so. And then for oh. the rest of the day, we had a great you know, time. But it was so funny seeing the drunk Santa. What he was talking about this here, too, is uh, one of the worst things if you're a comedian, if someone goes, hey, want to do a Christmas party? The pay might be very good, but at Christmas parties at any office, they don't right. want to socialize and drink, drink eggnog, exchange present, eat steak. They don't want to hear you take away from their conversation for half an hour, 45 minutes. It is a nightmare. Do not do it. Um, I did. I did one a couple years ago with me and Terry Gillespie. Uh, they call him Mr. Rubberface because he looks like Kramer, but he can pull his face apart. Blah, 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 right, Mr. Rubberface. Well, it was for a realtor group. Okay. Uh, all right. Up in the, uh, is this a lot? <laughs> I should. No, I should. I, I should have done that. Right. Yes. But um, well, we get there and the guy says to me, "Look, this is for realtors. Why don't you guys do a, a fake imposter and, and say you're you're real estate agents and you're going to give us a little seminar." So in my mind, I did every joke I could about a bad, like a neighbor, like about, there's a neighbor in Philadelphia, uh, nationwide, worldwide listeners. It's a real rundown neighborhood. 
So I did jokes about that, saying I'm trying to sell houses in Kensington. What? Oh, Kensington, uh, uh, Kensington, a part of Philadelphia that is uh, actually hell on earth. Yes, it's a nightmare. It's like, but there's places drug like- infested. It's uh, or uh, you know, even back in the days when I first came here in, uh, in the early '80s, uh, they were talking yeah. about how you don't go under the L in Kensington. Yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, and there's neighbors like it in Chicago, t- uh, Texas, California, Watts, and just it's a bad neighborhood. So I, so and I, and, uh, and the uh, the market Frankfurt yes. line, you know, and and if that was gone, you know what it'd be? What? No L. Okay, because it's elevated. He's, 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 he's right, but there's there's <laughs> anyway. So this is, uh, but uh, so uh, it's a nightmare. Right. right. So I did my jokes. I only do fifteen minutes. Uh, hey, I was wearing a suit like this. I, was doing, I, I did my real world jokes like that. Well, I just, just, you just talk about your neighborhood. I'm trying to sell houses here, by the way, right? Well, Terry Gillespie, Mr. Rubberface, looks like Kramer, with big curly hair on top. Uh, he, he goes, I'm not doing that. I'm not your performing monkey. And his act is very different. It's all non sequiturs. Uh, he was all, yeah, well. Whack, whack a doodle, whack, whack, right? Well, he did 45 minutes, and I'm like, just. Terry, it's not your crowd. It's going up. He goes, now they're going to get what they paid for as if he's going to punish them. So I'm like, and he, and Terry, he well, I'm not right. going to say nothing. So when it's over, I'm riding the elevator down with Terry. And he had a baseball, baseball hat on his, over his, pulled his fam, down over his face. Go in the elevator. These people are going, hey, man, you're funny. Good job there. Yeah. They go, that other guy, he sucked. Right. And he's right next to me. They, they couldn't tell it was him. And he just whispers up to me. He goes, I don't care. I got their check. <laughs> he didn't care. Uh, but uh, it's all, Christmas parties are awful for comedians. Uh, just It's a nightmare. It's it's awful. It's not holly jolly? No. Okay. Oh, my God. I've, I've, I, I, it, it's, it just sh- shut your eyes and get in and get out. Uh, um, That's what she said. Yes. But I'll tell you, man, it's, it's, it's you know, oh, I do comedy. Oh, you want to do a Christmas party? It's No, it's a complete nightmare. Uh, I used to do a uh, Christmas party. I'd come out with four calling birds, three. What's Five the- golden rings. Okay. Like, the, like, the Oli- like the Olympics. Like the Olympics, yes. yes. And uh, But I'll tell you, man, it's, uh, I dread doing Christmas parties uh uh, last year, I did something with Bob Levy up in Staten Island. It was, uh-huh. for, it was for two firehouses. Okay. Oh, my God. They just rip, just yell, they're yelling out everything. Everything you, you, know, you saw on a list of uh, politically incorrect things to yell. Slay what? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, they just, F you, F this, F, F, F. And I'm like, ugh. And it's, I have my eyes shut. Not that I was afraid. Just like, I just, I'm just waiting to get through this. And Bob's going, just do like 10, 15 minutes. They were screaming at me. Oh, I know. All right. So Bob goes up and just, he, he did it back to them, and they thought he was a god. Three years ago, me and the legendary Wid had to show up in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Beautiful Hazleton. For bust out town. Yes. For miners. And they weren't like uh, coal miners. They were rock, granite miners. They, uh, <clears throat> the promoter warned us. Yes. Says, nobody ever does good here. They're going to heckle you. They're going to, uh, you know, they're really, uh, uh, you know, they're really uh, coal miners who uh, are proud yeah. of their profession. And, uh, you know, this is what they make Ford truck commercials about. Or, and, and it, uh, you know. He's right. Um, it was Trump country, uh, too. We, uh, we walk in this back of a, a catering hall in the back of a, of a hotel, and about 200 guys come in, and they all had hooded sweatshirts on that were dirty, blue jeans and a... And work boots that were on like, the lace wasn't tied because they just got done their shift. And I think it's it, it, maybe it's coal mine or granite or some kind of other kind of where they mine for up in Hazelton. Well, they thought it was coal, but they took it for granite. <clears throat> and uh, uh, but he's right, man. Uh, uh, I, I I went up and I said, "Screw this!" And I memorized about ten dirty jokes. So I just went up and shut my eyes and just went up like Jackie the Joke Man, just repeated the jokes. And just got through about ten minutes before I, I bailed. Uh, the next guy was Brad Lowry, very funny African American. Brad Lowry, right? very funny man. They did the same thing to him. So Wid goes up and just hammers them with the props, and they had a look at him. Right, it was so funny. Like, and he he did a, he did I don't know whatever like twenty five minutes as much as yeah, you could do right. Sure. Well, they had door prizes. 
okay? And uh, this guy at the, the winer won uh, $150 coupon for uh, Oscar Mayer products. Oscar Mayer products. Hot dog. Right? Well, Wid's there, and the guy goes, hey, man, I'll trade you this $150 uh, gift certificate for Oscar Mayer for your inflatable woman doll. And Wid looks, looks at the he looks at the at the coupon and goes, "That's a bunch of baloney." <laughs> and the guy just stared at him. But um, that was a cold cut. Oh my god, the guy was a big brat. Um, but I'm telling you, man, it's a uh, you you know you hear about comics telling playing nightmare stories. Oh, I did a go go bar. I did a biker bar. Yeah. Holy good god, Christmas parties are awful. I just had a wit too. You know what you need. A fat guy suit and just come out and be so your comic will look at and go, oh, look at this. Oh, hey, look how thick that guy's glasses are. I, I expect to see goldfish swimming by. <laughs> oh, can you see uh, the North Pole with yes, those? Exactly. Okay, yeah. um, uh, um, I, I dressed up as Santa, uh, you know, and I came out, and the first thing I said, Yeah, I've been sick, okay, because I was so skinny and things like that. But, I'm, John, I always have the uh, opposite. Of, of well, you're different. I, well, <clears throat> I. The, I can riff on a theme, you know, uh, uh, of Christmas because I got to stop and I'll throw in a Christmas joke, uh, you know, uh, every, like, you know, <laughs> pizza on earth, goodwill of man, you know, <laughs> something like that. But uh, I always found that. But you know what I always found very difficult? New Year's Eve shows. Oh, oh those are the, the, the work. New Year's Eve and Fourth of July shows. Oh. You know, Easter is my favorite holiday. Is it why? Uh, well, anything that has to do with grass and chicks is okay with me. I hate playing. I hate playing, playing New Year's Eve because oh. everybody's drunk and they're expecting something. And you're usually in a club, and at the end of the, at twelve o'clock, bing, when everybody's kissing everybody, you gotta you know you gotta kiss uh, somebody from the kitchen or something. Oh. You know you're. Hiding you're, out, you're, and everybody's there with somebody else, you, and they're all friends, and they're singing, uh, you know, uh, songs, and uh, all together, I, and popping and banging pots, and uh, uh, shooting people uh, with uh, he, uh, squirt he, guns. He, he's right. You're um, you're right. Christmas parties, New Year's Eve, Fourth of July parties, and Fourth then, of July oh, is the worst I, because uh, once you're on stage, and then they hear in the distant, they all want to be watching those uh, oh, fireworks instead of your crazy uh, butt on stage. Christmas. New Year's, 4th of July, and then nun funerals. They're awful. Um, but he, uh, wow. Oh, no, else we learned too, and it took about 10 years before the freaking clubs understood this. They would, uh, they would give up uh, noisemakers that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time you're trying to perform, they're all drunk on, uh, like, uh, it was, it's just awful. Yeah, they would. They, I think they learned pretty quick, uh, you know, not to give out those noisemakers, uh, you know, or the things that come out. Oh, yeah. That. Who invented one of those? And what, what are the, the purpose of that? That is yeah. like, uh, you know, it's docile, erect. Yeah, docile, yeah. erect. The, the Philly fanatic, that's his tongue. If you ever see the he has one, some super one in his mouth. Wow. But uh, uh, Wynn and I did a show uh, last Thursday in Hamilton, New Jersey at a very nice Hamilton, New Jersey. It was once the uh, uh, it, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the blueberry capital of the world of the world, right here in Jersey. And Hamilton uh, was also at the at the time that was the bootlegging capital of the yes. world at one time because uh, the uh, uh, the booze would come in and they would take it through the Pine Barrens to uh, uh, to oh, Hamilton. Oh yeah, um, I think that they mentioned that in that show. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk yeah. Empire. But yes. it's also a very big Italian population. Yeah. Um, there was a some drunk Italian guy walked by the place that had a rotisserie chicken. Right. And he said, he said, tell the organ grinder his monkey's on fire. But they, uh, but we. Uh, <coughs> Stop it. But we're at the show and it was a very nice little audience, a Christmas show. Uh-huh. Very nice people. A guy we know, not a friend, but we know him. I'm not going right. to say his name. Like He's not a comedian, just a fan, friend. Fan, uh, fan, whatever you call Whisper to me who it is. Look, I got to go like that. Okay. All right, yeah. Well, he, he sat about 20 feet from us at the bar, and he was talking to people, and he has a deep radio announcer voice. 
And it, it just, it, the whole show. WMAD, you're yeah. on the air. Yeah. And you're trying to do your jokes and stuff, and all you hear is this deep radio announcer in the back. So finally, the, uh, the woman had to throw him out. And it was, uh, uh, you know, you had enough, you had enough. And uh, nice guy, but just, I'm not, I, I said to Wit too, I'm not going to get mad. He's a human. He made a mistake. I'm not going to like, right. right? But you said right. it right too. Just tell him, you can't come to my shows anymore. Well, you know, sometimes people can't handle it. And, uh, you know, they get excited because they meet a celebrity like John Kensel. <clears throat> you know, and uh, I met Mariah Carey, I, uh, you know, talking about Christmas. And I said to her, look, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> she makes... $500,000 a year from that song. You know what, though? I, I don't mind her. She's no. pr she probably has, a, a, you know, some mental health uh, conditions, but she's always smiling. Oh, and, and she's, you know, she's and, got an incredible and, voice. She has a four octopus range. Yeah, and, and she doesn't, uh, uh, you know, she did that Heartbreaker one when she had those, uh, those mini shorts on maybe 20 years ago, and she... But I, I kind of like her attitude, and you she, know. Well, she Maybe was, mental health. I don't know. And she was married to the producer Tommy Mozzarella. Uh, yeah, uh, and who helped really helped her career out. Yeah, well, that's when it, you know things got really cheesy. Then, you know. then she was then she married she was, she was married to Nick Cannon. I think she had a couple of kids by him. Yeah, and a Cannon. <laughs> Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just you know. Nick Cannon was... Uh, he has 11 you know, kids. He's from a very rich family. He's from, uh, you know... Is he really? Like, yeah, from Baldwin Hills. He's like... Baldwin Hills is a, uh, a section of uh, L.A., and uh, his parents uh, own a lot of real estate there. And uh, Oh, I never knew that. I yeah. Above, yeah, he's I, not a... He's not just, you know... He has 11 kids. Like, yeah, he's 11 kids. How do you think he can afford them? No. Okay, you know? Oh, can I ruin a heckler line? I want to ru ruin a heckler line. John... Kensel, and now we have a, a thing in our profession called hecklers, okay, which are like mini Karens, okay, mm -hmm. in the in the but, audience who will uh, shout something out and try to uh, okay. disrupt you or give their opinion. And uh, it is called a heckle, okay, yes. from you know a, a thing that birds actually do. We have birds right, right. here, right. Well, a partridge in a pear tree. Well, there's a famous heckler line, a famous heckler line where the the guy yells out, "Yo, you suck." And the comedian says... That is a famous heckler. Yeah. Ooh, you suck. It's no, no, no. Like, that, that's show, us your, uh, show us your package. Or? Uh, that's the heckler yelling to the comedian. Okay. All right. The comedian, here's the line that's not true. The comedian looks around and goes, I can't believe out of 100,000 uh, sperm, you were the fastest. All right. Ooh, right. And the crowd's like, oh, you're a guy, Mr. Funny Man. Old hacky joke, right? Well, in real life, mm -hmm. when the sperm are going to fertilize the egg. <clears throat> Here's the egg and all the sperm. This is too complicated no, for right. me, John. I don't, I don't right. understand this. Well, uh, the, the, know, the leaders science of the, stuff. The leaders of the sperm pack all hit against the egg. Bip, 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 hitting right. The last guy, because they weaken the egg, he's the strongest because they're all, all the other sperm, and he, he's the one who gets it. So the last guy is the one who wins out. Uh, I'm not saying anything, John. There's, right. there's, there's a setup for a joke right no, there. No, the show, you're, you know. That's, I know it's hard to swallow. Oh, shoot, John. But Why I, did you go there? I didn't mean that. Uh, this show's this is a kid, his what? show. No, but it's, it's a, uh, you know, you could, but I just had to ruin that heckler line. And uh, meaning like we had that guy yelling out the whole time too, the show. And uh, you know what they yell at me? They yell, Carrot top. Oh, they, really? yell, they yell things. Gallagher, you know, or the, you know, Rip Taylor, or, you know, all the other, uh, you know, prop comics that are out there. I, when we were talking about uh, funerals, I made a little comment earlier. I have saved in my hand right here an obituary from the Philadelphia hey, Come on, watch your language, John. Obituary. And it's one of my favorite ones, and I, I photocopied it. Uh, I don't know how long ago this was, though. I, I, I don't see, really see a date on it. I, I'm going to say at least 20 years ago. Okay. All right. Guy, was uh, his name is Diamond Jim Gibbons. He was 48. Wow. He was the neighborhood bon voyant who could sing, dance, and cook. He lived in the Mount Airy section of Philadelphia. Mount Airy, where Frank Sinatra got married. Right? right? Frank 
and I got married to Ava Gardner. Yeah, who, right here. And Ava Gardner was uh, her first husband was Mickey Rooney. Yes. Well, this guy was a, led a real colorful life. All right. Okay. And he looks like a '70s soul singer from Let's, Philadelphia. Yes, he's. Uh, let me see his picture right there. Okay, he's, yeah. He has he's like got a, the '70s. He's got the big collar, a big, big okay. a walrus mustache and sunglasses. Walrus mustache, a uh, uh, you know, a nice yeah. chapeau. That's uh, And he's a very good guy and very well loved. But I love how the 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 what do you call it, the obituary writer had to really embellish, not embellish. Uh, it got all this information for this guy was a character. Mm -hmm. uh, Gibbons was 48 he worked for UPS uh, for the past 20 years and he got his nickname Diamond Jim when he got his first diamond when he was 19 a ring he paid for by shining shoes and selling the local papers at Old Scheib Park the baseball wow. stadium in Philadelphia right in time though he acquired fine, fine clothes to go along with the diamond and he remained a sharp dresser usually topped off with a quality hat right uh, his cousin Tootie said it really says that to the Edwards. Uh, he was a spicy person. He was jovial, lovable. When there was a family gathering, he was entertaining us with his singing or telling jokes. Never a dull moment. At six foot three, uh, he was an athlete and well loved. Uh, he went. He always went to the Sixers and Phillies games. Wow, well, sounds like a very interesting cat. Yes. Um, he was a good looking guy. Uh, they call him. All the young girls called him Casanova. Right. And he used to he used to joke around saying. I charge the ladies to look at me, right? Wow, that's all right. And that, then he, I'd like to get that job. He teases women by saying, "I'm hemp to gimp, the ladies temp." Right? Uh, he knew all the personalities uh, on, on radio and TV in Philadelphia. He's a real well like, like guy. Um, the ladies temp. Yes, uh, that's a, that's a line from his song too. I'm the ladies temp. Okay. Right. Uh, he would invite people over his house. He was a great cook, especially soul food. He liked uh, tomato soup. He could do anything with onions and greens. Right. He had to sing. Uh, he had a second job delivering uh, uh, as a delivery guy delivering gifts. Right. Uh, he was well loved, and it says here too. I got to find this one thing now. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> he was well liked, and his sister said. He always used to come over to my house with his laundry, and he would say, make sure you bleach the skitters out. <laughs> they put, what newspaper is that? The Philadelphia Daily News. <laughs> I just love, right, and I, I guess the newspaper report. Oh, report my didn't, goodness. Didn't, didn't know what that meant. Right? Oh, my God. Right? But, uh. <laughs> well, you know, a sharp dresser, you didn't say anything about my, uh, about my tie today, okay? Can I show my, uh. Oh, look at that tie. Yeah. It has all tiny, uh. Here, let me get over there. You can see it has all tiny pink elephants on it. And I, I didn't know if this was, uh, you know, this was a statement on, uh, you know, the DTs, okay, yes. oh, yeah. uh, being inebriated, or the pink elephant could be, you know, it could be an LBGT Republican too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking it for either one. But do you know, uh, you know, that elephants actually have a drinking problem. Do you know why elephants drink? Why? To forget. Because an elephant. Oh. oh, you see, and that's oh. part of the thing. When they, when they, they can always go swimming. Oh, that's irrelevant. That's <laughs> that's a Marx Brothers show. And, uh, but uh, um, no more, no more elephants in uh, in in circuses. They don't have elephants in circuses anymore. Uh, no animals are of almost any type. Dennis Horan, very funny comedian, has a joke about that. He said he went to this Barnum Bailey Circus when it was still around, and he said there was protesters out in front protesting against the mistreatment of elephants. Yeah, and he said, I went out there and said, you people are crazy. Those elephants are dancing in there. <laughs> Uh, very funny. I was backstage at uh, at in um, Richmond, Virginia, at a uh, Barnum and Bailey. I was I was working for them for a day, and the elephants would. It was so scary because they would be in the back by themselves with nobody around, and three of them would be dancing, like you know, the swaying back and forth. Like that. No, and to see that. You know, just under normal circumstances, like they were, you know, they were corralled right. and uh, wrangled already, and you, you know, and a thing. But to see them dancing with each other was like, it did, was magical. Did you ever see? Ever hear that story too? Uh, elephants could be raised as a from a, 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 a papa, is that what they're called, or whatever they little and grow up, grow up, and be the most friendly around people. Uh -huh. every, every seven years, like on Star Trek, 
Right. They go on a rampage. They just freak out and they stop their owners to death. Wow. I'm not making that up. They go. No, they're, I, they're, I, they're, they're, it's, it's like Rum Springer for Amish people, but only with elephants. The elephants, when they swim, have you ever seen elephants swimming? Okay. They're very good swimmers. I mean, huh. and uh, they no, already have their trunks on. No, he, uh, he, you know, he's right, though. You know, you said about the elephant swimming. Yeah. I've seen a, a video of a guy in the water looking up at the elephant. It swims like a dog. It just yeah, swims. Yeah. It was like, you know, but they don't say doggy paddle. Or they don't say yeah. elephant paddle, yeah. do they? They no. say doggy paddle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the elephant is right over there, too. And, uh, but it's just, it's, it's a, a lot of poachers, a lot of poachers out there. Those poor elephants, they have to worry about ivory. Did you see what they're doing with the different elephants, though? Now, uh, to stop the poachers and rhinos, right? They're, they got this, uh, what do you call it, uh, neon pink paint that mm-hmm. never comes off. And they, they spray them there so they, uh, nobody can get it to, you know, right. sell the ivory tusk and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, that's such a weird, weird thing, isn't it? That, oh. uh, you know, they, Oh, they, they and, get these, uh, you know, these elephants that... Uh, and it's, it's the rhinos, too, what they do with the rhino. They'll kill it and just cut, saw the horn off, and they grind for an aphrodisiac. Uh, Joy Behar uses it for a foundation. But they, uh, it's just weird. They, 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 the, the poachers over there are doing it. And, and you, you always it's love It's like me. an ancient art, you know? It's like, the, uh, you know what's the weirdest thing they make out of animals? Jello. Yes, yeah, I've heard that. They just burn, you know... They boil down the uh, marrow and the bones and the hooves and the you know other unmentionable parts of uh, uh, of, of uh, cattle, I guess, and they and it and somehow congeals and then they uh, they throw in the thing and Jello. That's um, with shaky business. You have that pizza box over there, oh, John. I will give you that pizza box. Just like entertainment, John. It's the delivery. Well, um, when I was younger, I worked at a pizza place. Right. Okay. And it was the most fun time I've ever had in my life. We love working there. We had a delivery guy there named John Sag. All right. I don't even know if this guy's still alive or not. A big weirdo. Bad, bad skin. You can walk by. The camera's on me. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, he was a weirdo, a weird delivery guy. A weirdo, right? Uh, one night on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night, sorry, 10 o'clock at night, we had delivery for two large pizzas to a funeral home, right? Um, and this isn't a joke. It's a totally true story. Okay. So the owner makes two large pizzas with extra cheese and mushrooms on it. I'm not saying that for exaggerating for the story. I swear to God, that's a true story. You know, we need, we need a Bible here. I can, I can swear on things, right? The pizza guy is leaving to make the delivery. And he goes, I'm the pizza guy. I, and he goes, because I made the pizza. And he delivered it. He threw the boxes in the air, and the box fell on the floor and just wrecked everything. So we had to make two new pizzas, right? It's 1030 at night. They ordered the pizza at 10 o'clock. And so he goes to deliver the pizza, all right? He doesn't come back. We're looking for him. You know, he had other pizzas to go out on Sunday night. We get a phone call from the, from the funeral home. I'm sorry, did I say that? He was delivering to a funeral home. And, uh, Delivering pizzas to a funeral. A lot of funeral homes have like apartments on the second floor, and oh, the guy lives in the apartment on the second floor. He's usually the one if he stays there, he goes and picks up dead bodies. At, you know, someone croaks in their house, yeah. right? Rest uh, in pizza. Yes. <laughs> well, so the pizza guy never comes back, right? right? Oh wait, uh, oh a pizza funeral home. What kind of pizza is it? What kind of pizza was uh, it that they delivered to a funeral home? What kind of pizza did they deliver to the funeral home? I didn't hear you. <laughs> well, let's switch things. You know the punch. Right. Hey, John, what kind of pizza did they deliver to the funeral home? Tombstone. <laughs> so, uh, so the guy. Why didn't I get that? You, it's, funny, it's one of your jokes. <laughs> I know. What's this? This is, this is an Italian laptop. Okay, right Sorry. Can you figure out what pie is? Um, so uh, we get a phone call from the pizza from the t- funeral home. Okay. And they go, yeah, you're a pizza guy. Delivered the pizza. And, they, and we go, yeah. Um, they go, uh, we heard these noises downstairs after he left. Here he went down into the showroom where the coffins are at. and was just looking at them. And the, the people upstairs, they heard noises downstairs. And here, here was the, the, this weirdo pizza guy. Right, and it was just insane. And the cops came looking for him for like, he was like trespassing. It was just a creepy situation. And I don't know if you get arrested for it, but they they had to investigate. 
right? And uh, he came back like one in the morning was they closing, and the cops had to interview him. And, he, and he's bull crapped around saying, oh, I went out the wrong door. But they caught him like lifting coffins. There wasn't oh, dead. Oh, yeah, that's scary. And there's not dead bodies in the coffin like you see in a horror movie. He was in the showroom. Like, look, look, right. oh, look at that. Um, but this Can guy. I try this one out for size? <laughs> oh, I wonder if we have time. How, how, uh, Jim, how long has the show been on for? Uh, 50? Oh, can I finish up with the story here? All right. All right. Like, oh, okay. We, we can only cut it up, too. All right. So my friend Al is a yeah. Civil War actor. Okay. Right? He was doing the 100, 125th uh, anniversary of Gettysburg. The Battle of Gettysburg. Okay. By the way, uh, all right. All oh, right. The Italians fought in that. Did they really? Oh, spot Gettysburg. I'm sorry. My friend, I'm sorry. Instead of instead of cannonballs, they shot meatballs over. Uh, no, I'm 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 sorry. Um, so my friend Al, the Civil War actor, yeah, he didn't want to go out there by himself, okay. right? And somehow he talked this guy into going out with him, right, to, to the Gettysburg Field from Philadelphia. It's like a three hour drive, in, in the middle of a field. Okay. Well, the guy drove out and followed my friend Al out, right? Because Al had to be in uniform and then do the. The battle, right? Now, I, I hope Al's listening to this, too. Um, Al was in the... In a, in a they, didn't have, uh, they didn't have any communication devices like this during the Civil War, John. Oh, so, and he's, he's dedicated to his, uh, so his cause. He was in the 110 Pennsylvania Infantry, which is an actual infantry that fought a battle, a group of men. Right. right? I asked him, too, one time when he did this. I go, Al, can I ask you a question about these Civil War reenactments? And he said, yes, John, you may. I go, how do you know when to die? Right, you get shot right, and he looked at me as if I was an idiot and goes, "Kent, you just know, <laughs> right? Like, what if, what if the North, the South doesn't want to you know, lose the battle? Then when he dies, I shot you, yeah, right? <laughs> right? I don't yeah, like kids when we were yeah. playing uh, cowboys and uh, yeah. indigenous uh, people. So Al ran off with a female Civil War impersonator, uh, impersonator, a Civil War enthusiast, right? Person. Her name was Kim. And he leaves this pizza delivery guy who creeped around the funeral home uh-huh. with the members of his regiment, okay. uh, right? So they had a campfires at night. And they had white pup tents, and they were all sitting around. The next morning, the leader of the his infantry goes, Private, ha- uh, Private Al... No last, no, no last names needed in this story. Private Al, get over here. He goes, what? He goes, don't ever bring that weirdo around here again, the pizza delivery guy. He goes, why? He goes, we're sitting around the campfire telling, us, telling stories of the war and heroic actions and heroic deeds that these guys did. And your friend looked at all of us and said, someone's going to die tonight. <laughs> and he goes, we want to sleep with one eye open. Right? And they go, then we woke up in the middle of the night. He drew a pentagram on the ground, the big devil symbol. Oh, my goodness. So the, they, the battle's over, and they all leave, and Al drives home right, on Sunday from, civil, from Gettysburg. Two days later, Al gets a phone call from the guy. He goes, hey, Al, my Volkswagen Beetle broke down. I slept my, I've been sleeping out in the field for two days. Can you help me out? This is before pagers and cell phones. Here, his car broke down. And everybody drove past him because he was a freaking weirdo, right? And uh, one time we're closing up the pizza shop. It's the middle of wintertime. Right, right, is right this the same guy? Same guy, John Sig. I asked him, too. I go, John, did you have any military service? And he said, yeah. But he goes, I got thrown out of the Navy. I go, why? He goes, I dropped a lug nut, a car tire lug nut, out of the crow's nest on my commanding officer's head. I nearly killed him, right? I go, this guy have- sounds like a bad apple. Oh, my God. Well... So we're standing in front of the pizza place. It's Christmas time. Snow on the ground. People are smoking cigarettes. There's a bar in the corner. This floozy comes out wearing a rabbit fur jacket like in the 70s, but it's the 80s. And she walks up to us all, and she goes, you got a light for my cigarette? And I go, sorry, I don't smoke. My friend Al goes, sorry, I don't smoke. And uh, he, this guy had, had, had a light. And he, and he goes, yeah, John Say goes, here, I have a light. And he lights your cigarette for you. And she goes, thanks a lot. And she's walking away. He goes, hey, how you doing? And she turns around, and she's all drunk. She goes, what do you mean, how am I doing? He goes, how are you doing there? She goes, what do you mean, how are you doing? You think you're funny? You think you're funny making fun of me? And she goes, yeah. And she flicked the lit cigarette right in his face and sparked, and, right? right? And he shakes it off. What and, a move. Right? And he walks My up to, kind of girl. And he walks up to, to this woman, and, and Al and I are looking at him. He walks up to this woman, and he grabs her by her rabbit fur 
jacket. And he goes, excuse me, miss. I think you're possessed by the devil. And he threw her in the snow, right? And she gets up screaming and runs down the street yelling for the cops. So, so we all left. We have no idea what happened to the guy. But that's... <laughs> That's, that's, just, like a, that's like a, a, a King uh, horror thing. Stephen King. Uh, uh, oh, my God. It was you insane. Know, pentangles and uh, Possessed by the Devil. <laughs> I mean, what kind of... That's not a Christmas story, John. Yeah. That's, that's a Stephen King novel. Holy crap. It was... Inc- it. Inc- Speaking of Christmas, I, I, wanna, uh, I wanted to do this before... What's, this, what's that? I'm going to... Uh, right over there, I'm going to... I get this. Up, yeah. uh, up, 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 right, right there. Uh, what, what is, what is, what is I'm that? I'm trying to hang the mistletoe. All right, the mistletoe, John. Right, okay, right there. Yeah, okay. My favorite, Gene Shepherd's A Christmas Story. Right there. I can't believe that I did that myself. Here's John Kensel at any Christmas party. <laughs> I'm sorry. For ma- I'm sorry for making light of you. And, uh, making making light of me. Oh. Um, hey, John, the- that was uh, that was a pretty good uh, you know that was a pretty good uh, celebration of Christmas and. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's something to be said about it that, uh, you know, it does become the nice time, the uh, 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 nicest time of the year at times. I oh, mean, yeah. we had a we had a great party we played last night. That was a Christmas party too, John, and you did very good. And uh, it, you know, people were giving in, and, and loving, and oh. uh, you know, doing that. I, I so, put a video up on my Facebook page. Wid is Wid is friends with a uh, uh, Drew Nugent, who's incredible. He's an incredibly multi-talented musician. He was playing. Uh, 1930 songs, 1920s, 1920 songs. Uh, but as he was playing with his left hand, he pulled out a trumpet and played both instruments at the same time. All right, uh, very interesting, very, very incredible. What he could do like and, that. Uh, yeah, you can look them up. Drew Nugent and the Midnight Society, and uh, you know they are steeped in the 20s music. You know how the Civil War reenactors they have all the accoutrements. They have the uh, you know, the hats and the, uh, you know, hard tack and, uh, you know, blue and gray. Well, these guys, they dress up as the 1920s, and they're just as fastidious. I'm asking him wait, how, to, fest- how to pronounce fastidious. Okay. Wait, like, fest- like being festive? Fest- I'm, 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 what's, what's the Seinfeld? <laughs> festivus? <laughs> but, Not festivus. Celebratory. Fastidious. Oh, fastidious. Okay. Yes, yes. about how they dress for the 1920s. And, you know, they get the shoes, they buy off of eBay. You can, uh, people sell their, like, 1920 suits. Oh, my God, and they're very expensive. For incredible amounts, yeah. there, There's a nerds online who yeah. relish yeah. in making videos of dressing as a, it has to be a certain year, like 1924. Okay. And it's not like, I like the Rat Pack stuff, like a thin lapels, uh, you know, Benoit balls, everything like that you will wear. Okay. Right? But those guys, they go all out. You know, a wallet with a chain, a nice snappy vest. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, made out of the, uh, the materials they had back then. They shun you like polyester, uh-huh. you know, because uh, the, the, uh, they're into the technology of the time, too. Yeah, they they, like uh, the, you know, they actually, uh, when they have their, their little uh, jamborees, let's call it 1920s jamborees, People will bring the old-time radios with the uh, tubes uh, and the big brilliant. giant horns that come out, or they'll bring in, uh, you know, a, a car, you know, a Ford car from, you know, I know about cars because I got married in a garage. You got married in a garage. Yeah, I couldn't back out, but I, I might have said That's that before. Is that the second marriage? I had? Uh, they, they, but uh, but they, these guys say things, they say like the 20s, 20s phrases like uh, 23 skidoo. Uh, hey, what, what you got over there, Rockefeller? Uh, uh that's that's a white whites only water fountain. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. things they yeah, said stuff in the thirties. Yeah, so right, you know, uh, which uh, is so weird. You know, that's like, the cat cervix. How backwards we were in 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 a time that was actually on, on movies and film on the radios and you know, and we were actually uh, at that point in the, in the uh, culture that uh, we still discriminated. Yeah. Um, want to want to wrap up this episode with my magic? What? 
We are going to wind up this episode, ladies and gentlemen, with a uh, with an act from a, a magician. Now, John Kensel wears many hats, okay? And uh, this is uh, this is something that he's been working on a long time, okay, it, with his magic act, okay? And uh, it was magical to be here tonight and to celebrate Christmas with uh, with all you guys. And uh, right now, John is going to pull off. You, you can say you, you can count to three. Ladies and gentlemen out there, maybe you can help me. We're going to count to three, and uh, John is going to uh, perform his magic disappearing act? Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, repeat after me. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. One, two, two three. three. Where'd he go? Come on, John. I can't do this. It's not called wind culture. It's cancel culture. I was kidding. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas. And, uh, John, you should have quit while you were ahead. <laughs>